All right. Children are a heritage from the Lord. God gives you children. They're a gift from God. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Have you ever thought your child is a reward? You'd like, gee, I'm not sure about that. No, your child is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Adrian, you're well on your way. He shall not be put to shame. Adrian, I want you to read the rest of this verse because this is something I'm not kidding when I say this. When I read this, I thought of you, and I'm not trying to be silly, but God has blessed Adrian with a quiver full. But you, are, you, you need to paint this picture for your kids. They're going to stand in the gates of the enemy, and they're going to speak to them. That depicts influence. Children are a heritage from the Lord. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to look at that first verse again. And it says, except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain. They build. Have you ever done something only to get it wiped away? I've done that many times. I've done something, and then my brother, one of them, and I'm not going to say his name because Pastor Daniel might get embarrassed, but they come and they kind of just wipe it away. And you look at it and you go, I just spent an hour. And a kid, an hour is like eternity. Like, I spent a whole hour and that's gone. And you do that as a child. Have you ever done that as an adult? Where you've been involved with something for months. And then all of a sudden one day, it's gone. It's gone. And in this passage, he says, if you want to build something, you build it with the Lord. That's a good place for an amen. If you want to build something, you build it with the Lord. All right. Except the Lord build the house. So I don't have a lot of time this morning, but I just want to bring to your thoughts that everything you do, every single thing you do, you do it with God in mind. Every single thing you do, you do it with God in mind. It will change what you will do. It will change how you do it. It will change why you do it. It will even change when you do it. So I, I, I want to encourage you this morning. I'm just about done. Like, this is amazing. I got three minutes left. I, I saw this thing this morning from a guy named Matthew Barnett who does the, the, the LA Dream Center, and, and he's a soccer fan. Do I got any soccer fans here today? Whoa. World Cup, it's like hup, hole, and hup. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, and I know Costa Rica, they did well. I know two minutes after they won, I'm with Pastor Daniel, and he gets a phone call, and I can hear uh, our, our brother Luis yelling over the phone. <laughs> they did it! But he said, he said, you know, uh, the preachers should get extra time if they do really well. 
you know, like stoppage time in a game. Uh, the game's 45 minutes long, but if, they, if, if there's something happens, uh, they get extra time. So um, I thought that was pretty good. But I want to I give you a couple points on how, how, how do you have the Lord build the house? I believe it's of vital importance, but how does that happen? How do you have the Lord build your house? And I've got about three or four thoughts here, and I'm going to condense them, and I'm going to be quick. But how do you let the Lord build the house? The first thing you do is you let him in your house. If he's not in your house today, by the time we're done the, the dedication, I want to have, tell you, you can invite him into your house. You can invite him into your house. We don't have to have a big presentation or anything. You can just do it right where you are. The most important thing you can do for letting the Lord build the house is have him in your house. Do you know what that looks like? Well, if you were to go to reverse, and we're not going to read it, but if you were to write down this verse, this address, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. And if you were to go to that verse, it talks about the children of Israel, and he, and he speaks to them, and he says, guys, you've got to let the Lord into your lives. And, and he talks to them about taking land and getting ready for the promised land, and he says, you shall Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And then he says, and, and parents... And he gives the parents like 10 different thoughts of how to keep God in your house. First thing is you write them on your heart. Your heart. It says out of the heart flows the issues of life. So everything that you do, if you're a businessman, have everything you do in your business is pointing to God. You say, how can I do that? Try. You treat people well, you pay your employees well, you work hard, you honor God, people will recognize that. Put them in your heart. The next thing he says in that passage, he says, teach. Parents, parents, teach your children. Teach your children. Then he says, and, and this is a, an amazing picture, he says, talk when you sit. When you sit down, talk about God. Talk about God in your house. Amen. It sounds kind of weird the first time you do it. I'll be honest with you. You've never talked about God, and all of a sudden you sit down at the table, and you go, uh, God was with me today? Uh... God. It sounds weird at first, but when you make it a habit, it becomes natural. Talk about God. Anybody here ever just about get in a car accident? Just about. Do you know what? You go home and you can say, oh my God, he helped me. I mean, just use OMG and say thank you. Talk about them when you sit. Talk about them when you walk. So when you sit down, talk about them when you walk. Talk about them when you lie down, when you have a nap with your child, when you lay down and have a nap, talk about them. Make him part of your pillow talk. 
That is romantic, by the way. Right, honey? Thank you. I am a romantic at heart. Talk about him when you get up. Make him part of your conversation. How do you do it? You start talking about him. You start talking about him. Parents, this is on you to make part of your life. Make it a habit. As a kid, we would have dinners together. That is a lost art today, and I understand why with two incomes and, and, and people working and the, the busyness of life, dinner table is not necessarily the same picture it was when we saw Andy Griffith and uh, Mulberry or whatever that place was. Uh, Mayberry. Mulberry, Mayberry, you get the idea. <laughs> And having time at dinner is a lost art. If you want to bring them in your, into your life, take one day and have one dinner together as a family. Literally. Don't try to do it every day of the week because that's pretty, pretty difficult. Take one day and have that dinner. Take the Bible out. Read a verse from the Bible. Pray before the meal. And what you do is you introduce him into your life. Talk about him when you sit down. It says, put him on your hand. The, the Israelite people actually had little things on their hands, and they also had things above their eyes. Put him in front of you. Everything you do, you put God in front of you. That's how you do it. Plan a dinner. Here's another way. Develop a nighttime ritual of talking with your child and praying with them. Make prayer an actual thing that happens in your life. And pray out loud. Because when you hear your voice, sometimes you scare yourself with what you're saying. Here's another thing. Get some stickers, get some pictures of God and verses in the Bible and put them up in your house. There's one that I remember as a kid. It was says, what shall a man gain if he loses his whole world? What shall a man gain if he gains a whole world but loses his own soul? That's a verse that my dad had. My dad was a businessman. And he taught me that there's priorities. Making money is great, but serving God is better. That was ingrained in my life. My dad didn't have to tell me it was there. Pray as a family. Talk about God in your family. And the last thing is, we used to have this tell me a story, Aunt B. Today it's called Adventures in Odyssey. Anybody ever heard of that? Man, we had kids... And we were more excited than the kids were to find out what's happening. But what it does is that puts God into your family. It's a lost art today. Life gets so busy. You wake up and you're already behind. You're already running late. So what you have to do is you have to plan, you have to schedule, and you have to organize in order that you get the time to talk about God and to bring him into your family. It says, accept the Lord build the house. All your work is worthless. I don't know about you, but I like doing things that are worthwhile. And I have found the best way of doing that is making God numero uno in my house. 
So I want to encourage you this morning. Accept the Lord, build a house. They labor in vain that build it. Make a plan to put God into your family. Hallelujah. Well, you just witnessed a miracle. I'm done. <laughs> I got one person raising their hand going, wow, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have some baby dedications, some, some family dedications. So what we do is, is we invite the, the couple up with their child or children, because some of them will have a few children. We also want the grandparents, the parents, um, family. You are allowed to come and join them. It's a time of celebration.